Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. There is a problem within photography, and it's one I would like to address this week. The problem is that there is an expectation for superheroes, which in reality is not the case. Let me explain. A good few years ago now, I was contacted by somebody, an academic institution, who asked me to take on a role within that academic institution to oversee all of their photographic courses. They had an idea of the person they wanted, and it seemed to be that I fitted the bill. I'd only been involved in academia for a matter of months, yet despite this, they were keen to talk to me about taking over this role. We had a conversation, we got on okay. But what started to become very clear was that actually they didn't want one person to take on the role. Well, they did actually, but what they needed were two people. Two diametrically opposite types of people. One person would be the figurehead, which is what they said that they wanted, the person who had the knowledge of photography, who was interested in the creative landscape and so forth. The other person was a political finance admin kind of a guy. I'm not that person. But anyway, they still offered me the role. But unfortunately, we couldn't come to a financial agreement that worked for me. And so I had to pass. In the last week, I saw an advert, uh, an advertisement for someone to head up an established and important arts council and government funded gallery. That's whole purpose is photography. So what kind of a person are they looking for? Well, they say that they're seeking a dynamic creative leader who can inspire their team and all those they work with. Well, that sounded familiar to me, so I read on. They said this, they're looking for this kind of a person. You're passionate about photography and lens-based media with an extensive knowledge and engagement with contemporary practice in national and international contexts. Well, OK, so far. You have a proven track record at senior level in a cultural organisation delivering artistic success, business resilience and demonstrating, I should say, effective team leadership and management of relationships with partners and stakeholders. It's getting a little bit more complex. You've worked professionally for at least three to five years in a relevant capacity. Okay, relevance a little bit woolly, but okay. You're a strategic thinker with an ambitious creative approach with an ability to lead by example and bring out the best in others. Okay, again. You understand the operating environment of the arts and creative industries sector. Okay. You have a track record for curating and delivering inspiring exhibitions, projects and events. It's kind of ramping up a little here. You're committed to widening access, inclusion and diversity in the arts and proactively collaborating with others, including artists, educators, audiences and project partners. You communicate effectively with the public and staff and can represent the gallery confidently to funders, partners and stakeholders. Starting to get a little bit more what I call real now. You have business and political acumen 
with experience of successfully raising funds and overseeing complex projects to ensure organisational resilience. You have strong diplomatic and negotiating skills with an ability to build effective internal and external relationships. You have an appreciation of best practice in terms of working with a board and operating a charitable company. You are able to remain resilient under pressure with an effective approach to resolving challenges and identifying creative solutions. Well, that's just a part of the requirements that this particular gallery has laid out. Now, to me, that's a superhero. That person doesn't exist. But why is it important to talk about that now and on this podcast to do with photography? Well, because whoever gets this job is going to affect the future of photography in quite a big way. They're going to have input as to what's exhibited, what's taught, the direction of the gallery, and therefore what's seen in a major city. All of this, I believe, requires not political acumen, but it does require a passion for photography. But how many people do you know who have a passion for photography and an experience and a knowledge who can fulfil all of those requirements? Well, I've been round the block a few times and I know quite a lot of people out there. I don't know many. The only people I know are the ones who are already doing that job. And I've got to be honest, I don't see a lot of stuff out there that demonstrates a passion for what's going on out there. I see a lot of political work. I see a lot of clever manipulation for funding. But I don't see a firebrand person leading a creative charge for what could be. In a sense, when I made the film about Bill J, I could identify that Bill was never going to be the person that headed up the photographer's gallery. He didn't have the skills that Sue Davis had in meetings, the way of persuading people to do things, to fund things, to make things happen in that way. So what I'm really, I suppose, saying here and tying in with that story about myself at the beginning is what's important in that requirement is not the passion for photography. It's not that experience. What's important to the people who are putting that advert out is the political acumen. It's the finance. It's the admin. It's the budget. And so actually what they should be looking for is not one person, but two people. One person to make sure that everything runs smoothly, the other person to provide the passion, the enthusiasm and the energy. I wish them good luck in finding somebody and I'll be interested to see who actually gets that job. My money is definitely on the politician. Last week we were in the United States listening to somebody explain what photography meant to them in less than five minutes and this week we're still there with Carol Golombowski who received an MFA in photography from Virginia Commonwealth University in 1999 and an MA in art from the University of Wisconsin-Madison in 1996. 
She's been the recipient of numerous grants, including individual artist fellowships from the New York Foundation from the, for the Arts, the Virginia Commission for the Arts, the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts, the Salt and Stole Foundation and Lightwork. Her Psychometry series won the 2007 Project Competition Award from the Centre in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And Gerland Bosky's images have been published internationally in textbooks and notable photographic journals in the United States, China, France, Spain, Austria and Sweden. She is an Associate Professor and the Area Head of Photography at the University of Colorado, Denver. In 2013, Golomboski released an interactive artist book as an iPad app called Psychometry. It was selected as one of the 12 outstanding books of 2013 by the independent publisher Book Awards and winning the category of Outstanding eBook Achievement. Golomboski is represented by the Robert Klein Gallery in Boston and Kevin Longino Fine Photographs. Hi, this is Carol Golomboski. I'm a photographer in Denver, Colorado, in the United States, and I'm answering the question, what does photography mean to me? Wow, that is a big philosophical question. I'm sitting here in my studio looking at my cameras and my darkroom and my work prints and my props and all the things that I use to create my images and now wondering... What's it all for? And how can I describe this in less than five minutes? Um, Well, I guess I would just start by saying that, you know, obviously photography provides a way to communicate that goes beyond words. Um, It's a language all by itself. I mean, clearly it can provide information about what's going on in the world, but also I think it creates a way for people to connect Um, across cultures. Um, It creates a way for people to relate to one another as human beings. Um, I also think that photography more than any other medium forces us to reckon with the idea of time. Um, And then, of course, beyond that, there is this sort of underlying issue that our own time on this planet is finite. So I think people in general, myself included, use photography to kind of stop time, to maybe capture a moment or freeze something that ultimately feels kind of fleeting or, or sort of intangible. Um, I think that the beauty and tragedy of photography is that it always feels like this kind of futile effort in a way. Like a photograph is, is kind of a substitute for the fact that we can't actually stop time or go back in time. Um, for my whole career, I've been photographing old objects. So I still work in the dark room. I create these small sort of still lifes with old objects. And then um, once I'm in the dark room, I combine the imagery from the negative with drawings and and make a final print. Um, My photographs have always been about um, using these objects and these little scenes as metaphors for my own emotions, for my fears, uh, insecurities, vulnerabilities, sometimes um, my sense of humor, although... That humor is often kind of dark humor. 
Um, but, you know, I think it's a way that I can um, communicate something that is maybe a little bit more raw, something that is below the surface that I don't even know that I I could actually verbalize or put into words as accurately as I can as I can do it in a photograph. Um, using photography as my medium is a really deliberate choice, even though I also like to draw and I also like to write. I think that there's something that happens with a photograph or the, the way that we, I think, collectively think about photography is influenced by the fact that there's this bit of science involved. So whether you're shooting digitally um, or you're shooting film, there's got to be light and there's got to be this this moment where there is this um, sort of physical change or where the, the sensor kind of captures what's going on. So I think because of that, even though we all understand that we can be manipulated by a photograph and that the photographer is making choices um, and that in the digital age, the, the image itself can be highly manipulated. I think we still feel that there's this kind of kernel of truth underneath a photographic image. And it's that kernel of truth that I oftentimes like to kind of work with and to sort of mess around with. So just to kind of wrap it up, what does it mean to me? What does photography mean to me? I think it's about trying to convey emotions that I really can't seem to express in any other way and hoping that other people will have some sort of basic comprehension that hits them on a subconscious level. And that's what photography means to me. Thanks for listening. And thank you very much for contributing, Carol. I think what's interesting in a lot of uh, what Carol had to say there is this idea of the different perspective that her understanding of the medium is coming from. And it's exactly the same with last week with JM. We've kind of had two weeks now of uh, photographers working in the darkroom with analogue, with alternative processes, and with Carol introducing the ideas of drawings and words and that narrative storytelling that we talk so much about in the uh, podcast, I suppose coming through here almost in a sense of fiction, kind of narrative fiction. And I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate that kind of interpretation of photography. As I've said before, I'm open to all areas of photography. I think that's what's so important about the medium. We must embrace all of it. Uh, next week, returning back to the world of documentary in perhaps a slightly more um, commonly recognised version. But thanks very much there, Carol, for your um, your input and your very considered response to the question. As always, if you're not aware of Carol's work, check it out. Go to her website and have a look at what she's doing. I think you'll find it very interesting. Reminded me very much of the work of Joel Peter Witkin, but um, perhaps not as grotesque as that um, particular photographer's images. 
over the last uh, couple of weeks, I've posted a couple of articles, in fact, three articles that seem to be getting a lot of traction at the United Nations of Photography.com website. Um, one titled, I'm a photographer, the imposter syndrome and photography. Another, why is marketing such a dirty word in photography? And a third, the Bob Ross of photography or the joy of photographing. So you might like to uh, check those out. I don't know why I seem to go in a bit of a spurt at times where I, I find things I, that are important to talk about uh, and I haven't got time to wait until we record the weekly podcast so we write those articles. You can, of course, also um, sign up for our newsletter, which comes out every Wednesday morning, lets you know that this podcast is ready and waiting for you and also updates you on articles that have been put on the website over the previous week and also some archival stuff from the past, obviously, that you may have missed out upon or only just discovered us and not know about. Now, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, at UN of Photo, right at the top of our profile page, there's a direct link there now. So you can click on that link and it will take you straight to sign up for that um, that weekly newsletter that will just drop into your email box. You know, I started off this week talking about that uh, position at a gallery, and it's interesting to hear about Carol there talking about her work, work that very much exists within the book or within the gallery space. Over the last week in London, we've had Photo London, not something I go to, I have to say. I don't know why, it just doesn't feel right to me. I know that it's a great meeting place for a lot of photographers who make it into London, and a lot of people also use it as a way of seeing work. I suppose also the idea of seeing the astronomical prices that some prints are being uh, sold for. Um, maybe a slightly kind of uh, check, I suppose, a check on how much photography is a business and how big that business is and how connected it is to the contemporary art market and all of the trials and tribulations that that brings those who wish to dip their toe into it. Over the last week, I've also had quite a few discussions about NFTs online. But as far as I can see at the moment, I started out very open-minded about that. I'm starting to think that NFTs, it's just really a platform. And I'm slightly, if not more than slightly, dubious about that platform. And also the majority of the work that's being put on it does seem to me that when a form of distribution of dissemination starts to dictate the type of work, things are going to eat themselves pretty quickly. However, having said that, uh, Ruben Wu, who has regularly uh, contributed to that conversation and also to this podcast, does seem to be doing really well out of it. So I'm dubious to be too down on the whole NFT discussion. If you don't know what an NFT is, you're going to have to Google it. It's amazing how many people in photography at the moment have no idea about NFTs, and yet those who are involved are absolutely... Um, uh, what's the word? I can't think of my words this week. But they really are, I suppose, evangelical about the process and the way of making money 
which I have to say to me is what it looks more like. Anyway, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. We've bounced around quite a bit as we have a tendency to do. And uh, if you like that, then let other people know about this podcast and do also get in touch through all the different platforms that we have. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. Just two words. Take care.